In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our celebration today of this Good Friday goes back centuries to the exodus of the chosen people. We read that the chosen people, as you know, did not go directly to the Promised Land. They wandered in the desert for 40 years. And during those years, God sustained them on a daily basis with manna from heaven. It was the Jewish expectation that the Messiah would be a new manna from heaven when he came. In fact, the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, and I quote, the manna in the desert prefigured the Eucharist. The true Church teaches that the bread from heaven, the, the, the bread from heaven is the true bread. And at the Last Supper, that sign arrived. The Church teaches the first Eucharist at the Last Supper was not just a sign, it was a miracle. Bread and wine becoming the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're all familiar with the Seder or Passover dinner to some extent. When the original Passover occurred in Egypt, lambs were sacrificed in the home and eaten in the home of the Israelites. At the time of Jesus, lambs were being sacrificed in the temple and were eaten in Jerusalem. And during the Passover, the city of Jerusalem was overflowing with Jewish pilgrims. And those pilgrims came to the temple to offer sacrifice. Some 200,000 lambs would be sacrificed at the temple. It's a regular, if you might pardon the expression, a bloodbath. And these were fed to two million people at the time. The Passover then is not just a sacrifice. It was a memorial, a remembrance of the chosen people's exodus from Egypt. And thus, Jesus celebrated that Passover dinner at the Last Supper. And at the Last Supper, our Lord was instituting a new Passover through which the new exodus would be set in motion. With his words of explanation, Jesus shifted the emphasis from the blood and body of the Passover lamb and turned it toward himself, the Lamb of God, his own body and blood. Listen to these words. Quote, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body that is for you. This is my blood. This was not the blood of the Passover lamb. This was our Lord's blood 
that was to be poured out for the forgiveness of sins on the cross. And then he said, do this in remembrance of me. And by these words, he was commanding his disciples to perpetuate the new Passover miracle in the future. In the old Passover, one had to eat the lamb. And with the new Passover, the Messiah, the lamb of the person, is the lamb of God. And the blood of redemption is the blood of the Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You may or may not know that there are four cups that are drunk filled with wine at the Passover dinner. There's always four cups, and they're essential to complete the dinner. The first cup is consumed in the introductory rite. The second cup occurs during the proclamation of scriptures. The third cup is consumed during the dinner itself. And that third cup occurred. And both Matthew and Mark in their Gospels reiterate what occurred at that Last Supper. At the Last Supper, and I'm quoting, our Lord took the third cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I shall not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives, where our Lord was arrested. Now, I hope you caught this. Our Lord vowed in those last few words not to drink of the fruit of the vine until the coming of the kingdom of God. Now, this presented a major problem because most Jews knew at this point of the Passover dinner that it was, there is still another cup to be used, to be drunk, a fourth cup to be drunk. And until that occurred, the Passover dinner was not complete. But Jesus just said that he wouldn't drink again, at least and not until the kingdom came. So instead, as both Matthew and Mark say, the disciples sang a hymn, and this is the reference to the singing of the hymn during the fourth cup, but specifically, no fourth cup was consumed at that dinner. Ultimately, as we're all aware, our Lord is crucified for us. And we see that when Jesus came to the place called Golgotha, they offered him wine to drink mixed with myrrh. And when he tasted it, he said he would not drink it. That's from Matthew 27. And Mark says the same thing. 
quote, they offered him wine mingled with myrrh, but he did not take it. Mark 15, he refused it. So in the final moments of the crucifixion, just before Christ died, we find something very surprising. At the very end, Jesus did in fact drink the fruit of the vine. And you heard it today in the gospel from John that was just read for us. Matthew and Mark also confirm that fact that one of the bystanders took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him. And then, of course, in the Gospel of John today, according to John, Jesus not only accepted the wine of his execution, but he explicitly requested it. And what did he say to request it? I thirst. So, when that occurred, a bowl full of sour wine was there at the bottom of the cross. And they put a sponge in there, filled it with wine, with a sprig of hyssop, and then held it to his mouth with a pole. And when Jesus had taken the wine, he said his last words, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. See, our Lord did finish the Passover supper, but he didn't do it in the upper room. He did it on the cross. And in doing so, he extended that Passover meal to include his own suffering and death. And importantly, by waiting to drink the fourth cup of the Passover until the very moment of his death, Jesus united the Passover supper to his death on the cross. He joined the suffering of himself under the form of bread and wine to the suffering of himself on Calvary. And by doing so, Jesus connected the Passover meal to the cross. And that's what we celebrate today. By means of the cross, he's transformed the Last Supper into a new Passover that would be celebrated in memory of him. For us as Catholic Christians, the Eucharist is a necessity. Without it, we would starve to death in a spiritual sense. An event took here at St. Pat's several years ago, and I shall never forget it, because it increased my appreciation for the Eucharist. We were all in daily mass in the day chapel. And at the moment of the consecration by the celebrant priest, 
he spoke these words, this is my body given up for you. And a little four-year-old was listening intently and cried out incredulously, for me? May we never lose that awesome wonder when receiving the greatest gift we can from our Lord Jesus Christ. When we receive that Holy Communion, we become tabernacles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So going back to the Exodus to today, we see that with the death on the cross, all of that was united with the new Passover, the new manna from heaven. The blood of the lambs was not being sacrificed. The lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was being crucified for us. And as a result, when we receive communion today, Holy Communion, we become tabernacles for Christ. And we can go forth with the great news to give to all. Amen. Amen. God love you.